0: It's the Field of 12 After Dark, Thirsty Thursday edition. And tonight we're going to get you ready for every single big game of the college football slate this weekend. My name is Greg Waddell. I am joined by my quarterbacks tonight. We got Trevor Knight. We got Christian Hackenberg. Hack, you're debuting the merch once again. I absolutely love you for it. The pod Pod guy. guy here. How you doing, my friend?
1: I'm feeling great. And I I can't wait for uh, the pod guy shirt to get. Get uh, sink its claws into college campuses across this across this great country because I think it's gonna it's it's very applicable, very diverse, and I think somebody needs to needs to start this um, somewhere.
0: You're trying your best. It's beautiful, and if uh, if you want to look like Hack, you can do so. You can go to the Field of Sixty Eight dot shop to get all of your Field of Twelve, Field of Sixty Eight merch. Trevor Knight, we got to get you in something like that. I think we sent you a couple shirts, but I get it.
2: I've rocked him, but you, know, you, guys grew up, you guys grew up watching Hey Arnold, right? He wore the same thing every day. I can't do that. I've worn my Field of 12 shirt several times this week. It's in the wash. It'll be back on Saturday. But a lot of good merch. You guys need to go check it out. Yeah, you heard the people here. Uh, as always, we are powered by Bet
0: Rivers. You can find us on the SiriusXM app. Please like, subscribe if you're watching us on the YouTube channel as well. That is the field of 12. Every single comment, every subscription helps us grow, helps more people like you who are watching this find us for college football season. Tonight, we're going to get through every big game. As I mentioned, we're going to talk a couple big showdowns in the SEC. Of course, the Red River Shootout. Another big game in the big 12 that stole college game day from Texas and Oklahoma. And there's even some big time ranked matchups out West. But as always on this show, we start with the toasts and a little peek behind the curtain. I proposed a horrible toast topic. Hack was just flaming me for this before the show started. So I want to flip this. I'm going to flip this on the fly here. Give me somebody that deserves a drink or needs a drink heading into this weekend and hack since you flipped it on me you have to go first on this somebody who needs a drink going into week 6 of college football
1: someone who needs a drink
0: i'm going to i'm going
1: to throw it up to uh to, to to the penn state nittany lions in general i thought that they were coming into the season you know low expectations coach franklin got the extension some people were happy some people weren't they're 5 and 0 heading into the bye week and they're going up to ann arbor next week um really got control of their entire destiny so it's more of a celebratory drink and uh a, a drink of preparation for what's to come so here's here's to the nittany lions
0: wow okay to the near and dear to hack's heart i get it i respect it trevor you're up next
2: we got all right so you switch it on me but i can make this work all right so i'm gonna i need a drink greg i need a drink <laughs> Here's why. i am going to Texas versus oklahoma game And hold on, this is going to be good. The the Texas State Fair goes on at the Cotton Bowl grounds where the game is played. It's fantastic. Obviously, all 100,000 plus going into the stands, but those that don't are still enjoying the State Fair. And every year, there are awards for all the deep fried food at the Texas State Fair. And so the winner this year for best taste in the sweets category was the peanut butter paradise. And let me read to you what that is. Man cannot live by bread alone. He must have peanut butter. Peanut butter paradise starts with deep frying a honey bun. Then, caramel is injected into the honey bun. That nice. is then topped with creamy peanut butter. The treat is then layered with some fan favorite peanut butter treats, Reese's pieces, crushed butterfinger crumbles, topped off with peanut butter cups, drizzled caramel, and a cloud of powdered sugar just another day of paradise i need a drink to wash that down at the texas state fair hopefully i don't need a drink for what goes on in the field texas state fair the peanut butter paradise i'm getting me one of them
1: are you sure Uh, that's not called an ambulance an ambulance uh, No, we may need that too
2: we may need that too but gonna be a fun weekend down at a big time rivalry game ou texas Hey, uh, my mouth is watering off
0: of that description, Trevor. So kudos to you adjusting on the fly. I'm pretty sure Hack almost fainted just hearing that description. I'm a big peanut butter guy,
1: so I'm
0: I'm on board with that. Big paradise guy as well, Hack? I I
1: said peanut butter. I'm not going to say paradise because I I don't want anything to get misconstrued here. But, But
0: I love peanut butter. Understood. We're a family show here. All right. Uh, Well, I'm going to go the route that I thought one of the two of you might go and neither really did. I guess hat kind of did, but much more positive than I am. I am attending my first college football game this season from the school that I am an alum of. That would be the Michigan State Spartans boys. And I get to see the Buckeyes come to town to the quote unquote woodshed that my 90 million dollar head coach has branded our stadium as and I have a big time feeling that me with about 20 drinks in me by the afternoon 3:30 on Saturday I'm going to see my team get taken to the Woodshed boys so cheers to that here here
2: cheers 20 drinks before 3:30 that's uh you're going to be on one
0: Right. I mean, look, I, normally doable. I'd, be little, I'd be a little more conservative, but I'm expecting a 35-point game at halftime, Trev, and I cannot be coherent if that's what's going to happen. So we'll see. We'll get there. A lot of days left, a lot of hours before Saturday at 3.30. A lot could happen. Uh, all right, let's get into the real games that matter. No offense to Michigan State. but no offense <laughs> to Ohio State here. Let's go to Texas A&M-Alabama. A matchup that preseason, I think – Everyone had circled, right? Just from the dialogue of the offseason, from Jimbo versus Saban, uh, a lot of different ways this could go. Certainly we know from experience at this point that Nick Saban is one who you don't want to antagonize and that keeps a memory bank of enemies that he may want to prove a point against. Jimbo would probably be 1A at this point. Texas A&M, there's questions, there's injury concerns at quarterback right now. On both sides, Alabama, Bryce Young, is he even going to play? This spread opened up at Alabama minus 24. That's where it is today. And that tells me that we think Bryce Young might play in this football game. If they think they're going to win by that many points, I would think they're starting quarterbacks on the field. So let's go to someone who uh, has a stake in this matchup. That would be Trevor Knight himself. What are you expecting from the Aggies heading into this week?
2: Well, let me start here, Greg. Um, the line, I don't think is as much predicated on whether Bryce Young plays or not. I think it flips to the other team in this matchup and the quarterback position there. Um, with with Max Johnson, who, in my opinion, wasn't playing exceptional football, but was the guy that had won them a couple of football games in the past couple of weeks going down with the hand injury. Now you insert Haynes King, who was the starter, named the starter at the beginning of the year, but has struggled severely up until this point. We've heard rumors that they're going to, if Haynes doesn't get in there and start getting it done, that they're going to try out the five-star true freshman and Connor Wigman and see what he can do. A lot of Texas AM fans think that is overdue. So I don't think it's as much if or if not Bryce Young plays, which is crazy to say because he's the former Heisman Trophy winner, but it's more so the problems that are plaguing the Texas A&M offense and really Texas A&M as a whole right now. Um, It will be interesting, given the history with both of these two teams, though. Obviously, what happened last year, uh, A&M goes in with a third-string quarterback and beats Alabama. The offseason back and forth between Jimbo and Nick, which – They have a long history. I thought it was phenomenal. The storyline is way different today, as you mentioned, than what we expected in the offseason, in the preseason. Um, It's not as exciting for us as fans, and I think we could all agree there that anytime you don't have your starting quarterback, Heisman, trophy winner, those types of things, it's just not as appetizing of a game. That being said, to round that all out, I think it is a lot more of a having some holes in what they're trying to do than it is whether or not Bryce Young plays or not.
0: Trevor, you mentioned just briefly fans clamoring potentially for a true freshman to make an appearance in this game at quarterback. I want to flip this to Hack. I mean, what would happen for a true freshman to be thrown into this game against this Alabama team to make his college debut?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, you never know really what's going on in Jimbo's head in terms of the direction he wants to go. I think you can make the argument that at this point in the season, what the hell do they have to lose? Um, get the kids some experience. Now, pinning them against this as his first start, I don't necessarily agree that that's probably a, a, a good strategy and something that um, – uh, is setting him up for immediate success right away or as best as you can. So that that's the only argument I would have there is, you know, let's let's see if Haynes can get it done, give him this game, and then go back to the drawing board and evaluate, right? Um, ultimately, I think I think this is that's the type of decision that Jimbo has to make this year. And ultimately, I think it could end up being one that saves his job or doesn't at some point in time this year for the future.
0: What's 18-year-old Christian Hackenberg? Thinking if he's looking at a game 48 hours from now against this team, like, is he is uh, he pumped? He's like, Give me the ball, I'm ready to rock.
1: Well, I mean, I did it so, like, I mean, I did it as a, as a true freshman. I mean, obviously, you know, I think probably, I mean, we played Syracuse in MetLife for my opener to start the year, so that wasn't like, uh, you know, Alabama, but um, no offense to Syracuse, good football team that year, uh, but um, <laughs> um, you know. It, I think for him, he's just got to go in there and be confident, know what he can do and what he can't do. And if he gets the opportunity to take advantage of it. Right. I mean, I, you know, it's what well, that's a really tough question. And I think ultimately the only one who can answer that is, is the kid that's, that's, that's heading into this right now. So, um, you know, and then he'll have, if he gets the chance, you know, we'll see how, we'll see how ready he is or was prepared to to, to do that.
2: Here's my, here's my only, uh, here's what I'm scared about with Connor Wigman is he's obviously a five-star kid. If you watch his highlight tape, from high school, he's got a ton of tools. I mean, it really exciting to watch. But if you're telling me that he didn't win the the two deep prior to the season starting, and then the starter that started the year got benched and they are, they have announced he he's starting this football game. They're going yeah. back to him after he didn't prove himself. And there's some injuries and things like that. Right. But didn't prove himself. They're going back to him before giving you know, this five-star true freshman, a, a shot, that tells me one of two things. Either one, he's not as good as we thought he was, or two, he's not quite mature enough to handle the pressure and those types of things, whatever Jimbo and his staff have decided. So I, I don't know why it's taken so long to get him in there, given their quarterback struggles, but those would be the two things that I look at as, ah, well, we'll see. And, and I hope he gets a shot and, uh, and plays a lot better than you know, what some of us are speculating.
0: Yeah, that feels a little when there's smoke, there's fire as to why he hasn't seen the field. We're not going to know until we actually see it, but there's got to be something going on there for uh, the situation to be what it is and him to not be taking snaps under center yet. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're talking a lot about offense right now. Let's flip this to the defensive side of the ball for Texas a m because I, I look at their season so far and yeah, it's been a mess in a lot of ways, but They've also played some solid, if not good, opponents and held them to three scores or less. I mean, give them credit somehow in the Arkansas game. They found a way uh, In against Miami. I mean, their back was against the wall. That team didn't score much at all in that game. So for them to have to prepare for a team that is likely going to be without Bryce Young, I guess we don't know. I shouldn't say likely, but could very possibly have a lot of Jalen Milrow in this game. Can Texas A and M really restrain the Alabama offense enough to keep this team in this game? What do you think, Trevor?
2: Um, I'm going to use, and I, this is not the exact quote, but we can find it. Mike Leach, after the Mississippi State game this past week, asked him he was asked about his success against Texas A and M, and his answer, and this is paraphrased, is. Well, they've never stopped me. I've never, I've never done anything different. They've always been very predictable. And it wasn't, you know, us beating them. It was just we knew exactly what they were going to do, and, and they've never beaten us. We've just been able to have our way with them is essentially what he said. And that's concerning to me. When you've got – and no, don't get me wrong, Mike Leach deserves a lot of credit. He's a great offensive mind. Um, he's, he's done it at a very high level at multiple schools. But when you've got a coach that says that that explicitly – doesn't even give them much credit at all, that tells me a lot about that defensive group. It is not a lack of talent. It's absolutely not a lack of talent. You've got one of the top safeties in the country. You've got guys that are flying around the football and it can, can get pressure on the quarterback. You've got a lot of the four- and five-star guys that um, have the ability to pan out, and, uh, and and you're kind of getting you know pushed around a little bit. That's concerning to me. Going into this game, regardless who's at quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. So
0: that's interesting. First of all, thank you for the, the added context there from you, Trevor. I think I agree with you on the talent side of this as it applies to Texas AM, and from what I've seen this season. Um, to flip that, though, right, because it, for Mike Leach to come out and say, OK, we've always had success against him. just is what it is. Sure. But in a weird way couldn't A&M sort of flip that on Bama coming off of last year, right? Like did I guess Alabama can't look at this game and necessarily feel like oh we've just always owned these guys because they didn't last season, right? Does that make sense, Hack?
1: Yeah, no, I think I mean that that definitely makes sense and um you know, I listen, I think I think coming into this every week's a new week. I think you can expect to your point, I think A&M's defense has not played terribly, right? I think it's probably been their strongest point of their football team. Uh I don't think the offense has done a good enough job of playing complimentary football um to to put them and really give them breaks, right? There hasn't been a, a lot of a lot of good complimentary football being played down at Texas AM. Just just I'll just leave it at that. But um, you know, I I this Alabama team, obviously Bryce Young being down is going to be a going to be if he is down is going to be something that that is going to be of concern but ultimately you know I think I think this Alabama team from a top to bottom is in a much better place mentally um, and, and overall like I'm really not watching this game to watch Texas A&M to be completely honest with you I'm watching this game to watch Alabama and see how they respond if they're if their Heisman trophy winning quarterback is down and they don't have him how can they show some depth and some maturity to be able to handle a tough opponent who's gotten them in the past which you've which both of y'all have mentioned and and definitely is something. But I'm more so watching this from an Alabama side. Like, how will they respond here?
0: That makes sense. All right, we'll save our predictions for this game until the final segment of the show, where we will make predictions for the 12 biggest games of the college football slate. But I want to wrap up the Alabama-Texas A&M segment here with this. I want to put you guys both in Nick Saban's shoes. I want you to give me an answer here. Let's just say, hypothetically, that your medical staff – tells you Bryce young, he can go, but he's about 60%. Do you play him in this football game? If you are Nick Saban, or do you think you can get this win with Jalen Milrow and you want to save your guy for down the road? Hack, you go first. And then I want to get your answer to Trevor.
1: Well, that's, I mean, that's, that's such a tough situation. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily want to be put in that situation. Um If, if, If I was told that Bryce Young can go ahead and play and I like using percentages, I think that's, that's completely up to the player, especially with something like that, like an AC joint, like that's completely up to the player's pain tolerance. Trevor, you mentioned you've gone through that injury. I I've had that as well in the throwing shoulder. It's completely up to the player's pain tolerance. And if he's ready to play, like I expect them to roll him out there and play. If he's not, uh, I don't think Nick
2: Saban will do that. Conference football game. Uh, a team that beat you last year, obviously the storylines. I would, I would say Nick Saban will put him in the football game. And if it is a conversation with Bryce and his family and what they think is best for his future, you still have him and have the conversation with him. Hey, stand right by me. We're going to put Milrow out there. And we believe in him because of what we've seen on the practice field and his, his little time in the game. But if things start to go south, it's going to be a very quick trigger, and, and you go in there and do your thing and, and be the Heisman Trophy winner that you are. That's how I could if, – if they decided to not run him out there, if he was suited up, able to play, he's on a really short leash and, and ready to go in if needed. I think we're going to see both. That's what my gut says. Regardless
0: yeah. of who takes the first snap, I think we're going to see both in this game. Uh, also, all right, final shout-out here to Roger in Texas who was on, I believe, a radio show today and uh, just threw out that uh, a hitman costs less than $90 million in Texas. So uh, I think that's an accurate statement. <laughs> that's all I'll say on that in regards to Jimbo Fisher right now. <laughs> all right, let's move. Let's let's move, fellas. Let's go to the SEC country here. Uh, still, we're going to stick in here. We got Tennessee traveling to Death Valley for LSU. This is a noon kickoff. Uh, and Jimmy Ott, who I do the Best Bets show with, was very adamant that uh, – Everybody's pissed off about this because the bourbon doesn't flow the same at 9 a.m. the way that it does at 1 p.m., 2 p.m. And I know Hack is probably agreeing with me here. We'd like to get a little more juice in that stadium for the home right. team. I'm telling you, I'll tell you what. <laughs> You're damn right. A lot, a lot of boost that you can work up there, right? Yeah. So Tennessee, uh, to me, it is kind of staking their case to enter the highest quote-unquote tier. Hack's a tier guy. We've talked all about mm-hmm. this, right? They've held serve thus far this season, and this is a really trappy spot to go on the road to LSU a week before they get to host Alabama. And they've got sights on being undefeated for that matchup, I'm sure. Hendon Hooker's been phenomenal. Brian Kelly has kind of turned things around at LSU after the loss to Florida State earlier in the season. Big comeback win last week against Auburn. But I think this matchup's about the Tennessee offense against the LSU defense. So what do you expect from that hack from Hooker in this game? Do you think he's just going to have his way with the LSU defense?
1: Listen, I think I think Tennessee does a lot of things offensively that put defenses in a bind. You can't be as exotic. They operate at such a fast pace. They execute the small number of plays from a diversity standpoint that they run at a very efficient clip. So I think it's going to be a challenge for LSU. I think what, what I think would give the 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 Tennessee team a little bit of a advantage on that is is just that. They they can control the game offensively more so than a team that necessarily could get under center. You know, you got time to adjust, you can get slow the game down defensively, you can get different substitutes, different looks, different personnels. Like you gotta go out there and just just play ball with these guys for four quarters. And they're they're coming and they're coming within what is it 20 20 seconds or something like that they try to run a play every like you know 15 20 seconds so they're they're coming fast they're playing fast um and they're executing really well and i think hennan hooker's been the biggest difference there he's he's been a he's been the consistent um stone uh you know the the guy that just drives the ship and and hasn't hasn't really flinched at all excuse me at all this year so um, I think Tennessee is up for it. Uh, obviously I think LSU's got some guys on defense, but they're, they're going to have to play a different brand than I think they've been used to playing all year on that side of the football.
2: Trevor,
0: what do you expect here?
2: Yeah, this is a, this is an interesting one. Um, as good as Tennessee is in my mind up until this point, I wouldn't say that they're necessarily battle tested quite yet. Florida, great win. It's a big rivalry game. Um, it was back and forth, back and forth, two great quarterbacks making a lot of plays um, from an athletic standpoint all over the football field. But that's really like their only big-time game. Yeah, they played Pitt, close game, so, so maybe maybe my point's a little off. But my point is this, the meat of their season is coming now. And if Josh Heupel and Hooker, I'll throw him into that decision-making tree as well and culture-driving tree. If they can get this team to truly have a one-week-at-a-time mentality starting this week in Death Valley, they've got a shot to be extremely competitive. But they have a tough draw, man. I mean, for, for being on the east side of a great conference, their two west teams that they play this year are at Death Valley, LSU, and then, and then Alabama, the number one team in the country. So they've got, you mentioned it, Alabama. But shortly thereafter that, They've got Kentucky and then the week after Kentucky, they've got Georgia and so on and so forth. So they're about to get into the meat of their schedule. They need, if they want to have a successful season, they need to go to death Valley and they're lucky. It's an 11 o'clock kick and have a phenomenal one week at a time. doesn't matter who's across from us. Let's go play our best, best football mentality uh, in order to set them up. So set themselves up for success I think that's the mentality that's going to give them the upper edge in this one. I like Tennessee in this one a lot um, because of of what they've built up to this point. So I
0: like your point about being battle tested and sort of questioning that a little bit. I think it's, it's always easy to just schedule watch and go back and be like, Oh, this win didn't mean much, right? You still got to win the football games. We shouldn't take any credit away from an undefeated team. However, that win against Pitt looks a little bit different after Pitt's loss to Georgia tech. Uh, And the fact that that was an overtime game, really a toss up of a game with a pit team that I don't think is that much of a good football team right now, Florida is hot and cold given the day their win against Utah, super impressive. Right. But I I think on the flip side of this, to me, you could do the opposite with LSU. You could look at their results right now and just kind of get bored with them. However, if they were to sneak away in that crazy Florida state game, right. Florida state came back at the very end. It was the wildest game. I think we we're going to see all season long and Florida state won the game. But if they didn't, aren't we sort of framing this LSU team totally different than we are? Like, I, I feel like people have forgotten about this LSU team a little bit. Heck.
1: No, I mean, I don't think people have forgotten. I think, I've said this about Brian Kelly. Take all the all the bullshit that's happened off the field with him getting down there. He's still he's a, he's a ball coach now. He's an X's and O's guy, and he puts guys in situations to be successful, and specifically offensively. And he got a guy in Jalen Daniels down there who 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 can do it. He's got a he's he's a versatile player. Can do it with his legs. Can do it with his arm. He puts him in situations to be successful, and they got guys around him that can make plays as well. So offensively, it's not like he's. He's not handcuffed, really. I think it's just more so a development identity and really getting all in top to bottom buy in into his philosophy from a program standpoint. But I just think that he's in a completely different stage at LSU than Hypel is at the University of Tennessee in that development, if that makes sense. And I think that to Trevor's point, this Tennessee team, I don't think it even it starts prior to this year with this Tennessee team. I mean, it goes back into the year before and even the year before that a little bit, I think this Tennessee team's just really been building up into this form. And uh, I just don't think LSU is quite there yet. Now could LSU go out and get them hundred percent? They got the players to do it and they could scheme it up. I'm not saying that they can't do it, but I just think like when I'm looking at it and evaluating it deep, deep down, I think that, that this Tennessee team's just slightly more developed, slightly more mature than this LSU team is right now.
0: How real is the sensation of a trap game? I mean, as a quarterback in a big time game like this, like, is that a thing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think they're, it's definitely a thing. And, and I mean, trap game, whatever you want to call it. I just think that LSU is a really good team that can ma- they can match up with Tennessee athletically. They're a really good football team. And I wouldn't necessarily call it a track, trap game. I think like when you made great points, right, like looking at this pit team you know this pit the pit the pit win or the pit win doesn't look as good as it did when they played pit but when they played pit pit was a top 25 ranked team and they you know ken ken slovis was still like hasn't gotten kicked in the teeth and they were they were excited about what was to come the acc reigning acc champs the whole nine um i think that's a different team then than they were now right so you can make the argument both ways um and at the end of the day, it just comes down to who, who shows up and who plays and who's – like I said, I think maturity plays a big role in whether or not trap games are something that really exists or not. Trevor, am I wrong in that? I mean, I think that that's – like being yeah, a guy – I
2: I wouldn't call this a trap game because it's a top 25 matchup, right? It's a big-time yeah. football game. Um, So whatever your definition of a trap game is, you know, I, I always thought a trap game is obvious inferior talent or inferior team – and you're going to go there, and you're going to lay an egg, and not play to the standard of what you're trying to accomplish on, you know, at the next week or down the schedule, right? I, I do, hack. You mentioned something about Brian Kelly and him being a great football coach, and Greg, you asked the question: it, Have we forgot about LSU? But I, I just want to point out Brian Kelly's a great head coach. They're in the top twenty-five, and if we look at some of the biggest logos in college football that now have first-year head coaches, all of them except for one are doing very subpar. Florida, Billy Napier, not having a great season. Hot and cold, like you said. Oklahoma, two straight losses, first-year head coach. Notre Dame, obviously know what's going on there. LSU, yeah, we don't know yet. They aren't in the top 25. The only one to this point – with a first-year head coach, big logo that I can think of is USC, and, uh, and and I know we've got some thoughts on that, and if they've faced anybody yet. Um, but you got to give some credit to Brian Kelly to establish some sort of culture year one to get them in the top twenty-five at this point, in my opinion.
0: Hundred percent. I think this is a narrative-shifting game for Kelly's program really at least if one right because if yeah. they win this game all of a sudden everyone is taking them seriously and they're all over the highlights and ESPN's loving them and they probably jump 10 spots in the poll not that the poll means anything I know we all feel the same on that but mm. if they lose this game I, I could see a nose diving the other way fair or not it's a pretty pivotal moment to go up to five and one with a win against a top 10 team in Tennessee versus going down to four and two especially if it isn't an overly competitive game We'll have to wait and see what happens. All right. We're about halfway through the show. appreciate everybody listening. If you're watching this on the Field of 12 YouTube channel, please subscribe, get in the comment section. We'll answer some questions for you as well. Uh, and if you're listening to us on the SiriusXM app, we appreciate you. We are there as well every single show, Monday through Thursday and Saturday night after all of the action. These guys will be back on breaking it all down for us. We're going to go to the Big 12 now, the Red River Shootout. Trevor. This is your time, my friend. Texas, Oklahoma, this doesn't have the luster we thought it might have. In fact, there's a bigger game in this conference. Am I allowed to say that, Trevor? There's a college game day game in this very conference in Lawrence, Kansas, on the same day as the Red River Shootout. I can't get over that. I've said it out loud like seven times. I still can't believe it's happening. Oklahoma, we have no idea if Dylan Gabriel is going to play in this game. We do know that Texas' quarterback is back. Quinn Ewers has been cleared. He will be starting in this game. And I don't think that's good news for the current state of the Oklahoma defense, Trevor. So what do you expect from your Sooners heading into this game? Are they prepared to go make this a battle or to win this football game?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, first and foremost, if you were to tell me prior to this season starting, that here in you know the sixth game of the season for both of these teams, that neither one of them would be ranked, and that Kansas and TCU were not only both ranked, but hosting college game day, as you mentioned. I would have put my mortgage on it. I would have put my life savings on that. That is a crazy, crazy, crazy line right there. That being said, you got two three and two ball clubs. A Texas team, if we look back that uh, has the ability, we say, uh, on the defensive side of the ball to play at an extremely high level that we saw against Alabama. But then they turn around and, and play very subpar against a pretty pedestrian tech team. And then you see the Oklahoma team, and I got a lot of flack for this this past week, whose defense has struggled extremely, extremely bad in the last two weeks. Um, allowing 96 points in two weeks against two teams that, in my opinion, they shouldn't allow that to happen too. And then what we've talked about a little bit, you got two quarterbacks in this game. Uh, one that's coming up back from injuries, so we'll see how he's doing um, and how he's able to get back in there and get his rhythm going and and those types of things that are important at the quarterback position. And another one that's that still day to day, it hasn't been named yet, um, and a quarterback room that doesn't have a whole lot of depth. And so there's just some unknowns going into this one. That being said, uh, unranked matchup, not a whole lot of excitement other than the fact that I'm going to get my peanut butter paradise and I'm going to go into one of, in my opinion, one of the greatest venues in college football uh, on top of, you know, including a couple others, you know, the big house and uh, some of these big rivalry games. But split right down the middle, one side crimson, one side burnt orange, like i mentioned the state fair going on it's going to be a really fun atmosphere uh with just two teams that aren't playing extremely good football right now hack he threw the big house out as one of the best venues
0: for i just got to get your pulse check on that is that an accurate
2: statement uh
1: it's cool but it's not loud at all for as big as it is like it should be way louder it's not loud but anyway we'll we'll get it. we'll get off that we'll get off that topic because i can't i can't be you know I can't <laughs> can't be making any more accusations
0: past that. I thought I was um, in your eyes there. Hack, I know, I, I know. So uh, yeah, let, we'll throw this over to you, right, for your analysis yeah. of this game in general. But um, I I do want to note from a betting perspective because I'm the resident gambler here. Bet Rivers. The line is Texas minus nine going into this football game, which I guess makes sense given the quarterback situation and the health of Dylan Gabriel. Um, but that still seems like a lot of points in this rivalry for this Texas team to be favored by, no?
1: I don't know. I mean, I Trevor's the guy that's like, this is this is the Trevor quote, you know? Rivalry games throw all throw everything out the window, right? And I, I completely agree with him. Um Yeah, it, it, it's hard because like the analysis, like looking at it from a from a deep dive, looking at the big picture, looking at where every team's at, how they've been playing, you know, when we've gotten to watch them. Yeah, I think this Texas team's in a better position than Oklahoma is heading into this. As long as Ewers can stay healthy, but even Hudson Card played well and, you know, decent enough the last couple weeks, efficient enough to win games for him, you know, for the most part Um, or put them in in positions to win games. Right. I don't think you can say the same about the Oklahoma team um, and, and quarterback room. But then there's the wild card of Brent Venables, and I think a pissed off Brent Venables is going to do everything he can. And I he's he's heard about the defense, the defense, the defense. Now for two, 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 two and a half, three weeks, um, he's going to come in prepared. I think. Um, and if he doesn't, it, it would shock me if they came out and laid another egg defensively. So I think it's going to be tighter than that. Um, but I, I, I mean, when I look at it, I'm I, my toast. You're you're really piss poor toast a suggestion prior to us coming on my toast was going to be the return of uh, the return of Quinn Ewers um, because I thought it was a shame the way he went down in the Alabama game was playing really well. And uh, I was excited to see if he could pick up from where he left off, which is, which to Trevor's point is tough to do, you know, taking a couple weeks off. So, but that's, that's really what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the Texas team and, you know, I think Brent's going to get that defense ready to rock.
2: So um, that that's my player to watch of the entire weekend across the country is Quinn Ewers. And here's why. He played really good for a couple of series in that Alabama game in which they played, the Texas team as a whole played very well. I am not convinced yet that Quinn Ewers coming back is gonna move the needle that much in this matchup. I'm just not, because like you mentioned, Hudson Card, he's come in, he's played pretty well. I don't think given the quarterback battle and how long it took to name Quinn Ewers the starter, I don't think there's that much disparity between these two guys. I think it was edged out by Quinn Ewers, and again, played pretty well in a couple of series before he went down. You don't want to see that. So, I if if Quinn Ewers comes into this football game and lights Oklahoma up, I will sit back in my chair next week. I'll sip whiskey the entire show, and I won't say a single word. Because- what if he
1: throws? What if he throws for two seventy five, two touchdowns, and no picks, and they win the game?
2: Yeah, I think that's it's a very solid game, 100%. Yeah. That's what I want to see out of it. Well, now, that's it the thing. Out. is,
1: And that's the other thing, though, is I feel like a lot of people put the expectation on a kid like that coming in, right? Ton of expectation. Texas kid, huge, huge recruiter. But, like, at the end of the day, he's still got to grow, right? Yeah. So, like, that's what always scared me about even his expectations going into the first game. I thought he played fine the first game. I thought they protected him a little bit. I thought he missed a few things. But I think, overall, he did well. And then to see him grow into that – performance that he was putting on against an Alabama team was to me, there was big jumps there, right? For a kid, for his first year, starting first exposure to college football, big, big jumps. So to your point, I think if he can, if he can kind of pick up right where he left off in that area code, I think he's on the right trajectory to finish out the year strong.
2: I just, the, the last thought here on on the, on the URs deal, Greg, and we can move on. I just know that it is, it's happened to me. I'll pick out a game. 2014, we were playing Baylor at home. Jumped out. I was playing fantastic. We jumped out 14-0 on those guys. Bryce Petty and, and a great uh, Baylor team that ended up winning the Big 12 that year. Jump out 14-0. After that, they ended up beating us, I think, 42-14. to All right? I ended up playing horrible the rest of the game. It was one of those days that we've all had, right? But my point to that is I had a great couple of series to start the game, and then it fell off. So I'm not saying that Quinn Ewers can't do it. He has shown us he's got the ability to move the football down the field. I just want to see him put a great game together from start to finish. No doubt. doesn't have to be a hero to your point, Hack. Just go in there and operate the offense the way we've seen he's capable of doing. And then I, I want to see him do that for a couple weeks in a row for the rest of this season. If, uh, no if we're really going to get on the Ewers train, No doubt. No
0: doubt. Final thing for these two teams, then we'll move to the college game day game here. But uh, there's four teams at the top of the Big 12 right now that do not have a loss in the loss column, right? Texas, one and one now, Oklahoma, 0 oh and two do either of these teams, I think it would have to be the winner of this game. I don't think the loser of this game is going to factor into anything in the conference race, just to call it what it is. But does the winner of this game, whoever it is, ever factor into the big 12 conference race at the end of this season? Yes or no. Trevor, what do you think?
2: I think, I think the answer is uh, maybe, and um, you've got to put on a show and people have got to beat up on each other throughout the rest of the season for you to have a shot. And, um, I, I mentioned something about it with two starting a conference schedule off 0 and 2 for, for Oklahoma. Um, I mentioned that it was somewhat of a failed season. And my meaning behind that is when you sit in the locker room, put your goals up, and every team does it. What are our goals for this year? One of the first ones up there is win a conference title. And if you're not putting yourself in a position to do that at a place like Oklahoma, it, it, that, is, that is failing to meet your goals. Now, there's still a lot of football left. These guys are going to grow. I think they've got a lot of pieces of the puzzle that are going to uh, uh, be integral this year, next year, so on and so forth. But if now you lose three in a row, first of all, that doesn't happen in Oklahoma. Second of all, now you're really not in the race for the Big 12 title. It, it's, 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 a, it's a bad place to be, and one of these teams is going to be in that position after Saturday.
0: I think Texas could get there if they win this game. If they don't, obviously I think both teams are essentially out of it. I'm but if Texas, if Texas comes out 2 and 1 from this spot, they're there. Hack.
1: I'm on I'm on that train. I think if Texas can do it, yes. And and again, it's going to be very dependent can Ewers get out healthy? Can they keep the thing going in the right direction? Um but I think it's going to be tough to beat that Oklahoma State team.
0: Yeah, anybody
1: anybody in that conference, I think it's going to be tough beating that Oklahoma State team. But that's hey, all yeah. another conversation and I'm not going to jump ahead.
0: Yeah, don't jump ahead, (laughs) Pack. They they hold the pole position, that's for sure. All right, to to game day, the Horned Frogs and the Jayhawks in Lawrence. I should stop laughing because I genuinely love everything about this Kansas football team. I don't mean any disrespect by this. They're my favorite team to watch in the country. They just are. Jalen Daniels is electric. I think that there's a little bit of a bounce-back spot, as weird as it is to say, after grinding out a big win last week against an Iowa State team, that... You know, they easily could have lost with the way their offense was playing. Their defense found a way. But I think Jalen Daniels is going to get back on the right track in this game. TCU has speed everywhere, as you and your team just saw last week, Trevor. Uh, first of all, do we think that this Kansas team is for real? Yes or no? Pack? let's go to you first, and then we'll go back to Trevor.
1: Well, I think it's I think it's tough. Yeah. Um... It's it's one of those teams that's had a lot of success and you don't really have a lot of background on them. You know, I mean, last year, up and down, whatever, but they just not a lot of track record, not a lot of things going their way from that standpoint. So I think that's I think it's hard to really pin um, whether or not they're for real, but they are five and zero so you have to give them credit there. They're winning football games. I thought last week they struggled offensively and they still found a way to win, or the Iowa State game, was that last week? I'm pretty okay. sure that was last yeah. week. Yeah. yeah, they struggled offensively and still found a way to win, and that's something that I think a struggling football team or a team that's just hot and cold, they'll they'll find a way to screw that up, usually, in that situation. I think that to get out of that unscathed and the way they did it, I thought defensively they played really, really well. Um, it's a good thing moving forward for them. I fully expect that offense to turn back around, especially against this TCU team who they've been scoring a lot of points. They've been giving up a lot of points and they've been giving up a lot of points to some lackluster teams offensively that don't have the firepower Kansas has. So, uh, you know, not to get ahead of myself, but I do think this rock chalk team is, is, is serious. They're a contender rock chalk Jayhawk. And um, I look forward to, to a lot of fireworks this weekend um, against this TCU team as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Who does a high scoring game benefit more, right? Both these teams have won football games that have been in the seventies and up this season. Does that benefit TCU more coming off of the way they just steamrolled Oklahoma last week? Or is it both teams? Is the
2: answer just whoever executes better? Trevor, what do you think? I think it's an execution deal. Uh, Max Duggan's playing some of the best football of his career at TCU. We'll see if he can put another one together this week. Um, It's, I take myself back and put myself back in in playing in the big 12 where I'll just be honest, Kansas coming up on the schedule, you got the coaching staffs game planning, not only for that week because it is one week at a time, but they're already looking at the next week ahead. It is that that's how bad Kansas was year in and year out to where, yeah, they, they, they've got players, they got dudes on scholarship. You got to go in there and handle your business, but something would have to go incredibly wrong for you to even for it even be a a tight game this year's different this year especially going to lawrence i don't know what it would be like to play in a full stadium there never happened for me (laughs) you're gonna play in front of a full stadium they're probably bringing in extra bleachers because it's a glorified high school stadium uh college game day the kansas faithful is going to be going nuts um you've got great quarterback play on both sides of the game I do think it will be a higher scoring matchup than what we saw last week against Iowa state for the Kansas team. TCU obviously showed they could put up a lot of points this past week as well. It's going to be a shootout and, and to answer your question about Kansas being for real, you got to respect them. I'll say that. I think that they are have put them in themselves in a position. They got to win one more game and they're going bowling, which is phenomenal and a great accomplishment for Lance Leipold in that group. But you have to respect Kansas each and every week. If you're Oklahoma State, if you're Oklahoma, if you're Texas, it doesn't matter who you are, and that's saying a lot for for a, a group out of Lawrence that has really got a good culture going right now.
1: To me, Kansas is the ultimate trap team right now.
2: That's even, great, though that ranked, the even though they are ranked, even though they are
1: ranked. To like kind of go back to what we to to what we were talking about about trap game. Like Kansas is a trap team right now, and they're getting recognition behind it. But they're still like, there's just not a lot on them. So you can't even really go back last year. Like, when you're game planning for this team, you're game planning just on this year because at last year's tape and the year before that's tape and probably 10 years before that's tape, going all the way back to Tom Todd Reising wasn't worth a shit. So they're, they're, they are the trap team because they got, they got a lot going for them from that standpoint.
0: Yeah, to that point, I've been fighting myself all week in prep for all of these shows and talking about where I'm going to place my bets. I've been fighting my heart. It's the head versus the heart because my heart tells me I love this team. There's going to be so much juice in that stadium. If they're going to get into a high-scoring game, that benefits the Jayhawks. Everything's set up for a marquee win. The head tells me that as soon as they play a team that they just can't stop, this could get ugly. And I don't know if TCU is that team. I give Kansas a ton of credit for what they did defensively last week to find a way to win, like you said, when their offense wasn't firing. But I just saw TCU just steamroll Oklahoma last week. And if they're going to do that to Oklahoma and the athletes that defense has, regardless of what the defense is right now, like, can they not just do that to Kansas? That terrifies me.
1: Well, here's the thing. To Trevor's point, Max Duggan's having a hell of a year. I think he's got the fourth best QBR in the country. He hasn't thrown a pick yet this year. So, if you don't have a guy who's going to who who if it is a shootout and you got a guy who's not going to turn it over on the other side or hasn't done it yet to this to the, to up into this point this year, that's that's tough cuz then you really have to go toe to toe and it's ultimately going to come down to coin toss and who you know did you double up at halftime or it's going to be something goofy like that a special teams play. Um, which you really don't want to happen. So, um, you know, that's the only thing I think that you can look at. That's if it does turn into a shootout and he continues to take care of the football. And, that's going to be tough.
2: I'll say this, too, about Kansas and the way their schedule laid out for them. They've played two Big 12 games, West Virginia and Iowa State, both of which, to, to your point, you can't even look at last year's film for Iowa State because they're a completely new team in a in a negative way. You know, they don't have Charlie Kolar and, and some of these big t- – Brees Hall, these guys yep. that carry their team for several years, they're not a very good football team. Um, so, Kansas got got one there. Now, like you said, found a way to win. It's awesome. They're, they're taking a step up. And then West Virginia has played abysmal football up until this point. Um, several losses. Looked horrible against Texas this past week. Uh, looked like the Kansas of the Big 12 in, in previous years, in my opinion. So – Kansas still got to go play Oklahoma and Texas and Kansas state and Baylor and Oklahoma state. Like they got a lot ahead of them as well, but still, like we've said, kudos to Kansas at this point, Greg, you made a great point. What's going to happen when they face somebody that they just can't play with. And I don't think they've seen that team quite yet.
1: Yeah.
0: And they certainly will. The question is just, is that TCU this Saturday or does it come down the line against that gauntlet of a schedule? All right. Uh, In just a few short minutes here, we are going to get to our game picks, all 12 of the biggest games of Saturday. We will go one by one. Producer Dagan will come in as well. We've got records from last week, and we will give you our breakdown on who we like and why. But let's go to the Pac-12 quickly. A couple of big games I want to talk about. A ranked matchup first. Cam Rising, DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Utah, UCLA, there's probably 13 fans in the stands for this one that are going to be treated to a fantastic matchup between the Bruins and the Utes. But UCLA coming off that win against Washington, I mean, that impressed the hell out of me. I didn't think they had that. I was really, really high on Washington from everything I'd seen from Michael Penix. And I thought DTR was just fantastic. And I haven't seen this DTR in the past the way I'm seeing it right now. Uh, Cam Rising, though, He's a dangerous man. He's a dangerous man no matter where this game is played. And the Utah defense on the other side of the football is one of the best in the country. I feel like everybody that I've talked to from the field of 12 has been on Utah. And I don't know that I've talked to either of you guys about this, just in general. like They like Utah coming out of the Pac-12. I would assume if you feel that way, then Utah has to win this game. Do either one of you feel that way? Are you on Utah?
1: I'm high on Utah. I I like the football team.
2: I'll say this about both of these teams. I think Utah's response after the Week One loss has been uh, admirable, um, and then I think UCLA is having a much better season than we thought we would. And, I, and I'll, I'll point out their head coach. This is the first year I've seen Chip Kelly on the sidelines in several years. Look like he's got a little bit of, of confidence back in him. As they say, looks like he's got a little swagger back. Um, and it's the year. It's the year of the basketball schools, right? And um, and so so. I think both of these schools, um, Utah after the week one loss, and then UCLA just from the beginning of the season have risen to the occasion and put themselves for this to be a a really, a really exciting matchup to watch. Heck, you're
0: nodding. You like that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, listen, I, I, I just really like this Utah team. I think Cam Rising brings an element of experience battle tested. I, I just like his attitude, man. The dude's got, just a gross, like pin straight mullet thing going on. Like he just like, he like I'd play for that guy. You know what I mean? And I think that the defense has a different, you know, I, I think the defense from that side, of the, from that side of the, uh, looking at it from that side of the football, play hard, play fast. And that Florida game, man, tough environment, opening, opening, opening week, a lot of juice, a lot of expectations, preparing for a new scheme with a new guy down there you know, really couldn't do much. that That's, I think, an advantage Florida had going into that game. And realistically speaking, you had three downs from your own two-yard line. You didn't get it done, right? So, I, I don't I, – as much, you know, as much as I want to give Florida credit for that, like I think Utah really gave that game away at the end there um, and a very uncharacteristic of a team that, that's this veteran, this this experience this season. So, realistically speaking, I, I expect them to come into this. I think UCLA is hot, but – Again, like you said, DTR, you know, he's finally figuring it out. Uh, you know, Leopard doesn't necessarily change his spots completely too often. So I'm not, I'm not saying that that he's not playing well and he won't play well. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying I got scars from thinking that you move on too quickly from people. So um, you know, I, 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 if I'm putting confidence in consistency here, and I, I really like this Utah team.
0: We're getting deep here on the field of twelve after dark. Hack just bringing out the 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 life reasonings on why you can't get over trust issues here. this is a therapy session here. I respect it. All right, there's uh, there's one other big one. Washington State is at USC. The Trojans are up to sixth in the poll right now. Caleb Williams is doing things that are just crazy to the eye. Quite frankly, that little jump pass when he thought he was going to get taken down for a safety, and all of a sudden it's a first down. Uh, he's dynamic as hell. The USC defense has kept the door open, though. Every game that I've watched, there have been teams that are moving the football up and down the field. Doesn't matter where they start from on the field; they're having their way when they execute well. And I'm a little nervous for this one, boys. I gotta be honest. I think Washington State can score a little bit. Uh, is there any chance this is upset alert? Not to spoil the picks, but but Trevor, what do you think here? Should they be on red alert for the Cougars? I think this could
2: be um, characterized because it's the theme of the night as, as a potential track game, you know, unranked Washington state team coming to the Coliseum. Um, they've got the ability to put up some points, but, but USC's got firepower, man. Caleb Williams, um, the way that he's playing. And I think the confidence that he's built off of the turmoil he went through at Oklahoma and trying to find his new home ends up going with his head coach. Um, he, he's done a great job of just stabilizing that the receiving core. What Lincoln Riley brings from a play-calling standpoint, they just have a ton of firepower on that offensive side to where if you do get into a, a shootout, I don't know if there's another group in the country that I would put up against that US, uh, USC offense at this point. Pack, do you yeah. trust the Trojans?
1: I don't think USC's gotten out of second gear yet this year. Offensively. Wow. I don't, I, and, and Trevor's watched a lot of Lincoln Riley um, down there at Oklahoma. I, I do not think that USC has had to get, has, has had to dig into their bag yet this year offensively. And so- I think that there's a lot that they can do now. I, and this has been my thing. I think defensively they are, there isn't, there is a, a gaping hole defensively in terms of complimentary football. But when you have that much firepower on offense and it's not even Jordan Addison, they have two or three guys out there that can make plays. They have a great back in the die kid that came down from Oregon, very efficient because you have so much talent outside. I've talked about this before. They put themselves in situations where they get favorable boxes for that offensive line, put them in really good situations to be successful. So it's like one of those things where as a defensive coordinator, when you come in against this USC team, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, you just got to kind of hope and pray that they are not executing really is what it comes down to. And like I said, I don't think they've gone out of second gear yet, offensively. I don't think that they've really put a bunch of stuff together that schemed up, set things up. I don't think they've been in a game yet where they've had to do that. So, you know, I'm waiting for that. And I think it'll be pretty interesting to see how, how that how that comes to fruition.
0: Yeah, it's a scary thought. If we haven't yeah. seen first gear from the Trojans, first gear is going to be pretty scary.
1: Yeah I, mean, I, yeah, I I don't think that, like I said, I just don't, I don't think they've even, they haven't even climbed that tree. So
0: maybe they'll need it this week. Who knows? The Cougars can put up points. We'll see. All right. We're going to do our picks now. Producer Dagan, let's welcome him into the show. Uh, just for record purposes, last week, Dagan and Hack were on the Thursday night show. Dagan went seven and five, Hack nine and three. But most importantly, from these records, boys, Dagan's computer nerd pick of the week lost for the yeah. first time last season.
3: We don't, we don't need to talk about that yet, Greg. It's, well, still, ha- it's still fresh Hack's in the mind.
0: A, no. That's a big win for Hack when that's the computer nerd true. PFF loses. I mean, the Pod guy wins. So I'm that's, just saying
3: that's okay, Hack. Don't worry. It's back this week. You can still make the playoff with one loss. So we're we're still we're still moving forward. All right, we'll two, see where two losses goes. maybe we'll have to talk about it. We'll have to go back to drawing board. But one loss, can't we're wait. still rolling. I can't wait. I can't wait. We'll see wait. where
0: this goes. All right, I will tee up the games and then uh, we will go one by one in order here. For the order, let's go Hack. Trevor, myself, Dagan, okay? okay? So game number one, starting in Big Ten country hack, Iowa at Illinois, who you got?
1: There's a 0% chance that I have Iowa winning football games offensively. Uh, Iowa uh, or Illinois is very competent right now. I love I love the fighting Illini. I'm going with
2: Illinois as well. A lot of the same reasons. Uh, don't have any reason to have confidence in that Iowa football program uh, as we sit today.
0: I'm Illinois as well, but I'm scared that this
2: is a little like the Purdue
0: game last week where they went in and beat Minnesota, and everybody was high on Minnesota, but the program that's been there a little longer is the team that just gets it done. I don't know. I'm scared we're all on Illinois, but
3: I'm on Illinois. Dagan. Well, gentlemen, thank you for my first win of the weekend. I'm going with Iowa. As much as it pains me to pick Iowa because of how bad their offense is. Is this PFF? No, this this is not. This is not. This is just a pure pick. I'm going with Iowa in this spot. And we'll talk about it next week. you watched
2: Iowa? I have watched watched Iowa. Iowa. I
3: have watched Iowa. And it hurts me to pick this, (laughs) but I'm going with the Hawkeyes. Defense. Defense in this one. Hack, you really think PFF would point it yeah, yeah, to yeah. Iowa? Also, also, <laughs> well, I need to apologize. Defensively, Iowa is not bad. I, I mean, also need to apologize they, to producer you know, Trevor. He is an score twenty one points. We'll talk about that later. But this is gonna be this is gonna be like a seven to three game. This is gonna be like the first game of the year for Iowa again. This is gonna be ugly. So I don't know. I think Iowa wins ugly. There we go. Wow, dude. All right, let's move from one Big
0: Ten <laughs> mess to another. Purdue at Maryland. Hack, what he got?
3: I
1: still can't even. I can't even I can't even function right now gosh um but I I, as much as it pains me because I've been on the Aiden O'Connell train I got Maryland I think Talia Tagovailoa has been he's proved me wrong up until this point I've talked about it on, on on my show with with Josh Perry about you know he he's he gives me scars whenever he got and he plays really well against lesser competition whenever he gets into big games he he struggles he's he's done nothing but the opposite of that all year this year. So I, I like Maryland. I think they got too much firepower, too too many mismatches for Purdue to match up with them consistently like they like to do on defense.
2: Yeah, two two great quarterbacks in this one um, for me. And, and, you know, I this was one of those games that you kind of go, go through your checklist of the reasons why, reasons why not you're going to pick a team to win. and um, And it really got down to who's the home team. Uh, in this one. And, and I think Maryland, Tack, to your point, has got some good firepower. They got some good pieces to the puzzle. And uh, so I'm picking Maryland in this one.
0: Yeah, I think Maryland's a good football team. I think Purdue had their spoiler game last week, so I'm on the Terps as well.
3: Dagan? Yeah, this was going to be my PFF game of the week, and I was going to go with Maryland. But then I found a better PFF game of the week, but I'm still going with Maryland. Give me the Terps.
0: All right, North Carolina at the Hurricanes of Miami. Hack.
1: Go Tar Heels! Uh, I've been very impressed with Drake May up until this point. Um, still not uh, overly impressed with their defensive abilities, but I'm not. I, I think Miami's really gone down since the Texas A&M game in terms of expectations overall. And it's not just the the uh, the, the the really bad loss to Middle Tennessee. I think it's just overall. I I, I don't think they're quite ready to turn the corners of program, and I, I like UNC in a in a little bit. You know, they're going to have to do what they got to do offensively, but I like UNC.
2: I'm going to UNC as well. You look at Miami, and after scoring 70 points in the first week, they have not impressed me with their ability to put points up on the board. North Carolina, on the other hand, is trending up in that court category. A lot of firepower, putting a lot of points up throughout this entire season on the scoreboard. A 4-1 team going to a 2-2 and team. Uh, uh, I like North Carolina and and Mac Brown as well. So we're at
0: the point in the season where I learn from my betting mistakes. And one of my (laughs) early season mistakes was falling in love with this North Carolina team. Uh, If there's any positive remedy for a broken offense, it's playing North Carolina. I'll take the home team. I'll take Miami.
3: Dagan. Yeah, Greg, you stole the words right out of my mouth. I'm a Notre Dame fan. Notre Dame's offense stank before they played North Carolina. And then all of a sudden it looked like. They were one of the best offensive teams in the country playing the Tar Heels. So if that wasn't enough of a pick for me, Hack, this is my computer nerd game of the week. North Carolina, 57th in Power Five in rush defense. Trevor, you don't know what this is, this is my crazy computer nerd. You know, oh, I, I watched it now. Oh yeah, I sure. do make like sure. I
1: do like Miami's backfield now. I, I'm, I'm so yes, gonna agree North with Carolina, you I
3: like 57th graded rush defense in Power Five, 58 in coverage, but that's not really what's important here. It's the rush defense. It's more important. Henry Parrish Jr., the second highest graded running back in college football, not the Power Five, not ACC college football. They're also the tenth highest rushing team as a whole, Miami. So give me the Tar Heels or the Tar Heels. Give me the Hurricanes in this one over the Tar Heels. Computer nerd lock of the week. We're Computer back.
0: nerd lock of the week is two and one on the season for the listeners out there. So we'll see about to be
3: three and one. You. So we're back. 2 one's
0: not that impressive to me. Yeah, yeah, so. but, but
3: it's gonna, not that I'm impressive. I'm going to text you at halftime. That's okay. That's okay. 24 to 3 We're on a bounce-back week. We're in a bounce-back week. We lost last week. All right. I was a little too locked into Texas Tech-Kansas uh, State last week, so I'm going to do a game that's actually on TV this week so I can actually be locked I, in. <laughs> I think
0: Hack's just living vicariously through Drake May, by the way. I think he looks like Drake May. I think he sees a
1: younger No, no, hold
3: that. up. Drake May looks like Hack. Let's let's get it right. Thanks, Dagan. Thanks, Dagan. Let's get it Thanks, right. Let's Took get it the right. words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth.
0: To the Red River Shootout, Texas, Oklahoma. Hack, who you got?
1: I'm going with the fighting. Quinn Ewers, hook them horns, baby. I'm sorry, Trevor. I love you, but I, I like the guys in burn orange. Yeah, this is an
2: interesting one. First of all, like we talked about. You kind of can't even say that. And, and we didn't mention it before, but. It's not a rivalry game in a neutral site where you've got fans of both sides kind of along the whole field. They are split down the middle to where one half of the game, you hear nothing but praise and it's positive energy. And the other side of the, the field, it's nothing but negative energy. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy swirl of emotions inside of that stadium. And that being said, a lot of this is predicated on the quarterback. You've got a guy coming back, and we talked about that a lot. But then it, if Dylan Gabriel plays – I I like Oklahoma if he doesn't well then you know who who knows what we're going to see that being said I'm I'm rolling because of all those different factors I am rolling with my Oklahoma Sooners in this one I will be there in crimson and cream having a couple beverages in my hand every couple of minutes what about peanut butter uh, paradises peanut butter paradise already in the stomach let's (laughs) rock and roll
0: I'm going to say the most controversial thing that has ever been uttered on oh, field of 12 after dark. Oh boy. Peanut butter paradise.
3: Overrated. Hook them. <laughs> <laughs> Hook them. Dagan, who you got? Well, listen, I'm not going to go as far to say peanut butter paradise is overrated. Right? I don't know. I look pretty good. if I do say so myself, but sounded. Yeah, whatever. Well, he showed a picture too. It looked good too. He did show the picture. Yeah. I didn't All see right. the picture. Well, if you're paying attention, Hank, you know, you would have saw the picture, but okay. <laughs> um, no, coming to this game, obviously you don't know what's going on with Dylan Gabriel, and then the news came out about Quinn Ewers. Uh, I got Texas in this one. I think um, I don't. I don't know if they're going to cover the what is now eight and a half point spread. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that. But uh, I got I got the, the Longhorns. What?
1: Hook them by four. Something field goal like that. Uh, the classic Lee
3: Corso three? by a field goal. Okay. All right.
0: Classic Washington State USC pack. We got
1: SC. And like I said, them, them bad boys still got third and fourth gear to hit. And, you know, if they're driving something newer, fifth and sixth. So um, I'm excited about that offense, SC.
2: Yep. I'm going with uh, with USC as well uh, for all the reasons that we mentioned during our analysis.
0: If you watched Best Best this morning, Washington State was my upset pick of the week. I'm taking them. I think that USC gets bit when no one sees it coming, I think this is one of the last opportunities that nobody's going to see it coming. They got some uh, big games coming up, uh, and on the theme trap game. I don't know who what's you. Have to the, visit what's do. the?
1: What? Well, I mean, what, what? are the odds here? Like, what is this your retirement with a no, no, no. the Like into this one, or is this? This just... ain't
0: crazy. This This ain't for a gimmick. This ain't nothing. I think Washington State beats USC this week. I really do. I think that uh, offense can score. I thought they went toe to toe with Oregon, who actually really impresses me. The more that you watch the Oregon team. Uh, and I thought Washington State should have won that game. Quite frankly, they blew it late. I think they've learned from that. And I think this USC team, I mean, they let, I, I guess I shouldn't say hang around because Caleb Williams is just too good. He kept scoring, but Arizona State scored on this team. They moved the ball at will in that first half. I like Washington State. Dagan, what
3: do you got? I respect the pick, Greg. It's a silly pick, but I respect it. Give me USC. <laughs> uh,
0: if the computers say I'm silly, that's not good. BYU <laughs> against Notre Dame Hack.
1: Cougars. Cougars going in to Notre Dame and winning this game. I'm excited about it. I'm I'm excited about BYU.
3: It's technically Las Vegas. No, it's not going to change your – It's not – okay, whatever. whatever. I know it's not going to change your pick, but just filling that in there. There you go.
2: Yep, rolling with BYU as well. Um, Top 20 team. They're playing good football. They deserve that ranking, in my opinion. Uh, Notre Dame – Hadn't, hadn't found it yet. It was shocking to me. I thought it was going to be a you know, new, new culture, a lot of new things, a lot of new pieces of the puzzle. We'll, we'll, we'll get on our feet eventually, and I'm not confident enough to say they're on their feet. I think they're still crawling around. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Ott had a great
0: line this morning. It's the Mormons versus the Catholics in Vegas. I don't know what that means for either side, so I'll
3: take the better football team. That's BYU. Dagan. Um, well, if I, you know, I, I got to pick with my heart, which is Notre Dame. You know, obviously, but you and Trevor, but, 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 but I think Notre Dame has a two weeks to prepare as Trevor said, they have to figure it out eventually. Uh, I just feel like this could be the week they kind of figure it out. I don't know exactly how they're going to figure it out. That's not my, that's not my job, but I just have a feeling it's, it's going to come. So I don't know. We'll see. I think uh, BYU struggled a little bit last week with Utah State. Notre Dame's had a week off, two weeks to prepare. Give me the Irish outside of the fact that you know, it's a hard pick, but nobody needs to know.
0: If you just stop putting Notre Dame on this schedule for picks, your picks record would be incredible, Dagan. For the record, yeah.
3: yeah. Would you wait? We'll say that again. Sorry, I missed that.
0: No, just keep Notre Dame off of the pick schedule every week, and you would have the best record of all of us. That's, no,
3: that's all right. I did, I did I only picked them one week, and they won. I'm pretty sure. I picked them against Cal. Yeah, we'll check the
0: stats on that. We'll go back and look. All right, uh, Actually, I'll go back we'll and go look. <laughs> Our, Arkansas, Mississippi State. We didn't talk about this one. We left it off the rundown. Uh, who you got, Hack? Yeah, uh,
1: I think K.J. Jefferson is still questionable, correct? Maybe game-time decision, probably not looking, trending downwards. So, for that reason, I'm going Mississippi State.
2: Mississippi State, for me as well, uh, big win this past week uh, over over Texas A&M, and big win not because Texas A&M was playing great football, but uh, because I thought they put a lot of – uh, pieces to their puzzle together and put together a, a complete football game. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, I I'm going Mississippi State. I don't feel good about it, but with KJ up in the air, you got to go
3: Mississippi State. Dagan, man, you guys are just giving me wins this week. Arkansas, I, I, I I'm up in the air, obviously, if KJ Jefferson doesn't play, um, but I think he's going to play based on what I've been reading. Um, so I don't know. I feel I, I think. Arkansas is a good team. I think they're going to struggle a little bit, obviously, defensively, but I think they're going to do enough uh, to, to get it done. Um, I mean, LSU was able to stop. Mississippi State, obviously, LSU and Arkansas are different teams, but dual-threat quarterback, LSU was able to win that one pretty handily. So I like uh, Arkansas here. Florida
0: State at NC State. Hack.
1: I got NC State bouncing back. I don't think Florida State's quite there yet. Uh, I, do have, I think defensively, NC State brings a little bit to the table, a lot of experience. Devin Leary, obviously, running the ship offensively and, and, and driving that car. So uh, I got NC State bouncing back here.
2: I got NC State in this one as well. That being said, this is going to be one of those games that I'm intrigued to watch on Saturday. If, if Florida State can come out and, and, and play the way that I think that they're capable of playing, may not have shown it too much this year, but capability uh, is, is the word that I'm using here then it could be an interesting matchup that being said still rolling with nc state to uh, to win this one in our pickums this week okay i'm going florida state
0: bounce back spot for the seminoles i think wake Forest offense is legit i actually don't trust the nc state offense to go score like 50 on this florida state team which i think is essentially what wake did so
1: give so me you think Stout. florida state's going to score 40 on on this nc state defense
3: i think they can get
0: to 30 i really do
3: Man, Hack is just coming, coming of everybody's picks today, man. He's on it tonight. I like it.
0: To be fair, my picks stink this week. I told you <laughs> I don't like it. slate. Not
3: a boy, Greg. Come, come with confidence. Not a boy. Give me the Wolf Pack. I, I agree. They bounce back. Um, Clemson's uh, becoming a different beast every week. You know, the more they play, they're, they're getting back to kind of what we've back seen. Back into form. Yeah, back to what we what we're used to Clemson being. So I, I don't yeah. think their performance last week was anything to really get too upset about um so give be the wolf pack.
0: the big one a&m alabama maybe i shouldn't say big one this could be a blowout hack
1: i got bama
2: number one Doesn't matter who's country. playing
3: yeah
2: i agree number one team in the country for a reason um alabama wins pretty handling this one yeah i think bama wins but i think
0: a&m can cover i like them plus 24 dagan yeah i'm not i'm not dumb <laughs> alabama <laughs> Tennessee LSU ranked matchup hack. I got Tennessee. I
1: got the balls, getting it done. I'm a believer in Heifel, believer in Hooker. I got, I got, I got UT
2: Tennessee as well. Uh, 25. That that's the last. If you guys didn't know this, that is the last spot in the top <laughs> 25. <laughs> and, uh, and so they've. They have found a way to get in there. Uh, Tennessee's playing really good football right now. I got Tennessee in this
0: one.
2: I'm going uh. LSU. I'm
0: going LSU. I think this is the last week that they are in the last <laughs> spot.
3: The last spot in the top 25. Thank you. Give me, give me Tennessee. I'm a believer in hooker. And I've been, like I said, we already discussed this. Nerd Dame fan, I've watched Brian Kelly. While he may be a good football coach, he doesn't win big football games. I, I've, I've witnessed it for years at Notre Dame. Don't give me that. Don't give me that look, Greg. Go back and look. Go back and look. Trust oh, me. I've been. A, I've on, been. A, they beat Clemson one time, and everybody forgets about it. Trust me. They've lost some big games. Remember the playoff? You know, every time we made the playoff, just getting blown yeah, out. They don't. They, get they don't win. He doesn't win big football games. Give me time. I mean,
0: that's it. that's what happens when bad teams make the playoff. Okay. All right relax,
3: playoff. Relax, relax.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. relax. 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 row Reggie. All right. Let's let's move on. Utah at UCLA. Hack.
1: Um, I was touching on it. Uh, happy the UCLA team is playing as well as they're playing, but I think that they are running into a, uh, buzzsaw right now. I got the Utes.
2: I got the Utes as well. Uh, for being a hostile team that we've talked about this whole year and and a hostile defense, Utah, they are not going into a hostile road atmosphere couple fans there, the stands at UCLA. uh, And and I just think the better team all the way around, Utah in this
0: one. These two guys know a thousand times more about football than I do. And as this goes on longer, I feel worse and worse about my picks. I'm going with UCLA, though. I don't really know why I'm brain dead at this point. Dagan?
3: Well, Greg, I'll say this. You're giving me more confidence the more (laughs) you say you don't like your picks. So uh, I'm a fan of that. No, give me the Utes. I'm, I'm still in on the biker gang mantra and all all that jazz so i'm running with the Utes here i think they're just the better football team their defense has been uh, pretty pretty lights out recently so you're watching a man slowly die minute by minute if you're watching
0: this live on the field of 12 youtube channel final pick tcu at kansas college game day is in lawrence undefeated teams big big 12 implications hack who you got
1: how can you go against america's team right now like rock chalk jayhawk if I if I if I picked TCU I I I'd, I'd go freaking run into this pole that's down here in my basement head first and unapologetically like I, I got to go with, I got to go with Kansas so Kansas Well it's a good thing that I'm not at Hacks House <laughs> because
2: I am going with the Horn Frogs at TCU Max Duggan is playing really good football right now this is where Cinderella's story stops at least for now In Lawrence, got to be a fun atmosphere, probably the best we've seen in Lawrence to this point, but it all comes to an end this Saturday. TCU takes care of business in Lawrence. Mm. I feel like we left out a really important Max Duggan
0: stat earlier. Somebody said he's fourth in uh, passer rating or something like that. He's also only three months younger than the two of you guys, just to throw that out there. He's been in football for like 15 years. Uh, I'm I'm going Kansas. I'm with Hack on this one, just for solidarity purposes. My heart wins over my head. Give me the Jayhawks. Dagan.
3: Well, I've already made one pick with my heart. So do I do two or do I pick with my head? Because my head is telling me TCU. My heart's telling me Kansas. Uh, I think my head wins this one at the end of the day. Give me TCU. I think they're just too explosive offensively. Greg, I think you said it best yourself. If they did that to Oklahoma last week, why can't they do it to Kansas this week and it hurts <laughs> me to do that trust me if there was ever a game that i was wrong on i want it to be the I team.
1: think i think you guys are both sellouts <laughs> i can't
3: believe you guys <laughs> give me the horn frogs
0: yeah i don't know how you're going to look yourselves in the mirror tonight boys yeah. when yeah, they yeah. win when they win Good on saturday i'll feel tonight. a lot
3: better when tcu wins on saturday i'll feel a lot better about it but right now it, it does hurt me a little bit i'm not
0: that's got to sting. Hey, Trevor, I feel obligated to turn the mic over to you because there's probably some Oklahoma fans out here watching this right now who are a little nervous. They might not know how to feel about Oklahoma-Texas going into this matchup, and I feel like you should get the final word, my friend. Speak to the Sooners out there. What do you got?
2: You know, I think everybody's a little bit up in arms, myself included. pretty hot last week following the loss. Two in a row, you don't see that much. We've mentioned all the things that lead to the – the despair and the feeling that we're feeling right now. That being said, all tides can turn this weekend. It is the next week. It's a phenomenal atmosphere that we've talked way too much about. I look forward to seeing all the Sooner Faithful wearing our crimson in the Cotton Bowl this weekend. That ride, and it's always a drive, back up I-35 and get the, the ability to cross the Red River, the namesake of the game. And know that you have a trophy in the back of that bus is a phenomenal feeling. One that will last multiple weeks, especially if you keep winning. So have no fear. The Sooners are coming down. And its I was going to try and rhyme there, but I'm not, a, I'm not a poet. So enjoy the game, guys. It's going to be a fun <laughs> one. Guys, this was a lot of fun as well, as always.
0: Trevor Knight, you heard it here first. Good luck to your Sooners this weekend. Hack, appreciate you as always. Thank you, everybody, for watching the Field of 12 After Dark. We will be back Saturday night after all of the action back here on the Field of 12.